Hey, Hirsch here from Kicking Back with Hirsch and Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us this week. As we continue part two of our conversation with the guys from over at After the Whistle, special thank you to Cam Blankenship and Eddie Garrison for joining me as we sat down and talked pretty much everything from the NBA Finals, from the Pacers to the Colts. So sports fans, once again, here we go. Now, Ed, you know I've been very, very vocal. I mean, this is going back to After the Whistle, and I've been very vocal about Kevin Pritchard. You know that. And I've been on the fence about him. This time, I'm actually giving him a chance to do his thing. I know that. And obviously, I mean, I don't have a choice because I don't work for the Pacers. I can't tell him what to do. But I'm just saying, like, right now as a Pacer fan, I'm watching him closely. And I like the things he's saying. I like what he's doing. I've been keeping up on Instagram about who they're bringing in for workouts. So I see who the Pacers are at least interested in. Cam, I want to ask you, what do you think is going to be? What do you think is going to be for next year? And do you agree with Ed one more I don't even want to call it a tank, but if you just say one more bad year um, would be, you know, do you think that's going to be beneficial or do you think they somehow kind of turn the bend and, and make the playoffs? A lot to, a lot to unload here. The um, it, It's difficult to think about because like, like Eddie said, you don't know where, what, you know, there, I feel like there's a, there's been a lot more questions about what they're going to do this year than there has been in a while. Like there, oh, yeah. there, there is so much, they, there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of capital that can be used and um, it could, we could see a, we could see a, a different starting five outside of, you know, the, the normal two that we were expecting in Halliburton and Miles. You know, we could see we could see three different guys in between the two and three and four spot that we That's didn't true. see at all last year. Um, now, now I think for certain, I think Malcolm Brogdon is getting moved um, on the twenty mm. third. I think that is a fact. I really do. I, I don't. There's no way he is not getting moved, and 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 that could also lead to another guy. You know, you never know who it, um, yeah. they could they could lead to another pick, a team that's ready to a team that's ready to try and make a push for the, this coming year, I wouldn't be surprised if that led to another pick. Um, if not this year, then another one. Um, I also think like Eddie brought up Buddy Heald, you, you never know what kind of, you know, the Warriors cannot keep Andrew Wiggins in terms of money, in terms of the financial value that that's Bring Andrew it. here. Bring Andrew, Andrew here. Wiggins' that's contract fine. is growing. He is, he'll be 28 next year. And the way the money would work, it would work moving Buddy Heald. They, you know, that's a hypothetical, obviously, mm-hmm. bringing Andrew Wiggins in. Um, he's now, hold on. I, I want to stop His stock right has there. definitely grown, let me say that. But um, yeah. outside of that, I think looking at the way the Eastern Conference is moving, I think there's no – it, 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 I think the Pacers' best chance would be play-in at that point. Um, just thinking so about think- – just thinking so, about the top six or seven teams, there's no way they can get to the playoffs without getting in the play-in tournament first. So do you, and I'm just going to ask this, because, you know, that's just, you know, you guys know what it's like being a radio. You got to ask the questions. You got to. Do you think that Andrew Wiggins in a Pacer uniform could happen next year? And I'm going to just, and you, and it doesn't have, and we don't have to talk about the hypotheticals. Let's just say if, if, the, if the stars aligned, could Andrew Wiggins be in a Pacer jersey next year? I think I think he could work financially for the Warriors, and we have the money because Wiggins' contract. I think he's got. I think I was ju- I was just looking at it. His contract. He's got. I think it gets up to thirty five mil next year. Now it is his final year on the contract. 
but that's what it gets to. And right now, Buddies is at 19. So the, there is a there is a difference there in terms of financially that the Pacers can take on that contract, and then they would eventually end up helping the Warriors. And I mean, it, Buddy Heal, he kind of fits that that scheme. Now the problem is, is he's a little undersized compared to Wiggins, and I think it, it just it's more. It'd be more on the Warriors side than it would be on the Pacers side in terms of fit because they would be supremely undersized. They already are this in the finals right now, but that's where I would I, that's where I would believe where could be the hold off on that. Oh, I, I, Buddy Hill's contracts is at 20, 20 yeah. 21 next year. So my I'm question to you, Ed, is um, it's a similar question. Um, <clears throat> let's be real. Right now, the Pacers are obviously. I mean, you could argue that they're third or fourth in their, you know, best in their own division. I mean, you have Chicago, you have Milwaukee, and let's be real, Cleveland is on the rise. So let's say this. Let's say the Pacers somehow make a move, Eddie, and they add Andrew Wiggins. Does that make them the second best team in the division? Because let's be real, nobody's going to be better than that Milwaukee team. I'm sorry. I mean, until Giannis leaves, Milwaukee's back, yeah, so. Milwaukee's gonna w- win that division again. But I'm just asking you, and if they somehow added him, you know, and they had some good bench pieces like they do now, do you think the Pacers could become the second best team in the Central Division? I don't think so. Uh, when you look at Wiggins right now, he is the third scoring option on the Warriors, and he's got two guys that are some of the smartest basketball players ever, and Steph Curry and Draymond Green. And he's got them to tell, you know, kind of help him and get him open. And when you look at the Pacers, they have Tyrese Halliburton. And that's really their only playmaking player that they have. And even though Clay is primarily or had been primarily a spot-up shooter, he still can create off the dribble just a little mm-hmm. bit because he opens up the lane. He opens up the outside because you do have to respect his ability to drive. Uh, so I don't think Wiggins would be a personal good fit here. Plus, on the other side of this, I don't think Golden State would take Buddy Hill because of his lack of defense. Defense, yeah. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins has been the best defender all season long for Golden State. It has been no secret. Uh, and when you get rid of somebody that important to their defensive efficiency that has been uh, number two all season, I don't. I think there's a little bit more value for them, especially with his ability to switch one through four. Mm-hmm. In today's basketball where you switch everything, everything, everyone's switching on everything. And you need somebody like that if you're if you are the Warriors, because even though he may lack in size, he does have the ability to compete around the rim uh with some of those with some of those uh power forwards and big men like Robert Williams and Hal Horford that you've seen him compete with um so far. A guy that I personally would have an eye out on for the Pacers. I know they know there's the rumors with Jalen Brunson reuniting with Rick Carlisle here in Indy. A guy that I am personally intrigued by uh, is Tyus Jones from Memphis. The dude can ball and he proved that he can ball when he was without, when jaw was out. Um, So if you can put another guy like him next to Tyrese Halliburton, who can, you know, hold the basketball, take care of the basketball, uh, I think that only increased Tyrese Halliburton's game because of his ability to shoot, especially as a spot-up shooter. No, I mean, I, I, I'm super excited. Um, I didn't mean to step on either, Hirsch. I, I wanted to ask Eddie something. Do you think he's starter, but like he's starter potential, or do you think that's just a fill-in for the time being? 
I think you can start him if you wanted to start him. And I also think you can bring him off the bench to be the guy that runs the offense off the bench. Uh, because you every every team needs somebody like that that has the ability to come off the bench and score. Miami has Tyler Hero. Yep. Um, and then you have Boston, they have Derek White. Um, and then Golden State obviously has Jordan Poole. So when you look at all these teams, they have guys that can create their own shot uh, coming off the bench as well as be able to create for others. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and that's that's how I feel about it too. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure what they're going to do as far as what Pritchard's going to go after, as you know, as far as free agents go. But one thing we can talk about is something that's a little bit closer, and we are about 90 days away from Colts football, guys. I know you guys are excited, just as excited as I am. I wish, uh, I do wish Aaron was here because he, me and Aaron have been getting into it a lot. You know, you guys know he's a Chargers fan. But today, it's all about the Colts. So that's what we're going to talk about now. Um, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on it because, you know, this could get very, very deep. But we're just going to kind of keep it – let's keep it a little simple. First off, um, Eddie, what does Matt Ryan in a Colts jersey bring, you know, to this team? I mean, um, I've been hearing a lot of stuff from Chris Ballard about leadership and about, you know, he's a great leader, a former MVP – so what do you think Matt Ryan is going to bring to this team this year? Well, certainly leadership. You don't have to worry about that in the locker room. Um, you don't have to worry about him, you know, not being able to step up and rise to the occasion when you need him to, you know, deliver a game-winning drive. And uh, like Carson Wentz, it seemed like last season. Um, plus, you have the veteran experience that comes with this. Like, he has been in a Super Bowl. Uh, he has won playoff games. He's won MVP, like you said. Uh, and like he has the ability to read defenses. And I think last year you saw that a little bit with Carson was that he struggled to read defenses and then make the right decision based off the read. And then there were other times where he would make the right read, but he wouldn't trust himself to throw the football. Throw the football yeah. Uh, and that, yeah. And that kind of led to some extra sacks that, uh, that could have been avoided. I think you'll see a lot more utilization out of Naeem Hines. Um, they have been working him out as a receiver this year. So far through uh, mandatory minicamp, and then they did it through OTAs as well. Um, but I think Matt Ryan's addition will be one of the best additions that you'll see across the NFL from this offseason. Yeah, I mean, go back to that game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which I hate talking about it. I mean, ugh, makes me so angry. But go back to that game. And if we had somebody like Matt Ryan, I guarantee you all those checkdowns that – that Carson missed. Matt Ryan's not gonna, he's not gonna miss. He's like, oh, you're gonna leave me Jonathan Taylor with eight yards open and nobody around him. Yeah, let me get him this ball, let him do his thing. So no, I'm you you're certainly right. I think the pace, the the Colts finally have a quarterback. You know, because like I said, this is the fifth different quarterback in five years. I think they finally have a quarterback who I can see coming back next year and maybe the year after that, and maybe the year after that. I mean, who knows? Matt Ryan could be a three to five year fix. I'm not going to, you know, he's a little bit older in age, but Tom Brady is still playing. So Matt Ryan could put very well play five years for the, pay, for the, for the Colts. I could very well see that happening, but let's, you know, like I said, that's a rabbit hole we can go down. Um, Cameron, I kind of want to ask you real quick, look at Jonathan Taylor in his first two years. Obviously last season was a historical season for him. Um, he set a lot of season, uh, a lot of records for the franchise. Now, the question I want to ask you, Cam, is do you think he could do it again? But the question that I'm going to add to that is, 
giving him somebody like Matt Ryan, who who does have an arm, who's a very accurate passer, what do you think that now does to defense? Because you can no longer stack the box anymore. I, in my opinion, that's done with now. You're not going to see – you might see eight people in the box. I think – or and, and my, my last question is, do you think the defenses now are going to maybe fear Matt Ryan a little bit? Because th- this is going to be a very balanced attack this year. Yeah, it definitely will be a, a balance. It, it, we won't see a we won't see a year like it, it's hard to say you won't see a year like we did last year with JT, just because, like you said, we he did see a lot of stack boxes, and the second half of the season, teams were saying we're gonna, we're not gonna let you beat us with Jonathan Taylor, even though he there was a few games where Jonathan Taylor literally did beat the team, but um, <laughs> Buffalo Patriots game specifically it yep. comes to mind. Um, and uh but it, it definitely yeah matt ryan oh yeah i i'm as a as a nfl fan and then as a colts obviously a colts fan that they, they uh it's it, matt ryan is something i'm very excited about and what what he's able to do um he's so intelligent i mean you can hear i mean I, you don't need reggie wayne to sit there and tell you that he reminds you of paid manning because you can tell and we've already we've already heard the other stories that Reggie has also brought up about how Matt Ryan is getting on people's cases if they mess up. Like it is not is not He's just holding like them a, responsible. Like yeah, a quarterback is, should. He came in. He came into the uh, into the the locker room and has already and is demanded it from day one. And you can already you already know that because you can hear what these people are saying about him. And then so you you have all that and it. And then you mix that together with a guy who can put the ball, push the ball down the field. Like when he was one of the best deep throwers from last year, mm-hmm. according to PFF. I remember I've seen that specifically multiple times now because it's a lot of stuff that people have brought up in, in the Colts Twitter and stuff like that. So it, uh, in terms of, in terms of Jonathan Taylor, we will not see that those numbers again. Um, we will see games that I think will be Jonathan Taylor dominant because they will be able to do it and they won't be, you know, you said not won't be stacking the boxes as much, which is very, very much. So is, is going to happen. Like they, they won't, they, teams won't do it. Um, what teams will be doing is they'll probably be running. They'll be, they'll be running more. I can see a lot more zone coverages against us and saying, We'll we'll do this. Um, we'll we'll run zone more than man, just because of the fact that they're able to, you know, come down on Jonathan Taylor if they need be, especially in the RPO game that is today's game. But, um, yeah, I think I think it's very good for the Colts that they have Matt Ryan and and where wherever they're gonna go with him. Um, he reminds me of, you know, a lot of people don't won't won't think this or see this in the same light, but he really reminds me of Philip Rivers in terms of yeah, his that's what I was gonna in terms, his, in terms of his intelligence, intensity. in terms of his ability to read the line and his intensity. Yeah. I mean the last time the Colts the the Colts the Colts offensive line was top five when Philip Rivers was here mm-hmm. was because of the fact that he's able to read at the line and the being able to make the adjustments and get the ball out quickly. And that's yeah. and that's the difference between why you saw how you know people could say the offensive line for the Colts passing wise was bad last year, and it's because of that because the ball wasn't getting out because the, yep. the reads were not being read the right way, 
or he was he was handing the ball off when maybe maybe he should have, like Katie said, thrown like trusted his trusted himself and his arm bit to get that ball out quickly in an RPO situation. So, yeah. you know, it's 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 a difficult thing to um to know how it's gonna look, but we do know we do know who they are as a person, who they are as a player. So we we just gotta see it put in, you know, all come together and put it together. Yeah, I, I certainly agree. Now, Ed, I want to ask you something similar. Um, with Matt Ryan being here, um, a lot of expectations have fallen the Colts to make the playoffs. Let's just be real. Um, I actually watched the interview um, with Dan Dockage and Chris Ballard last season, right when they had just lost. It was a couple weeks after he came on the show. It was an hour long. I actually remember I was watching it on my way to L.A. because <laughs> I was like, so upset. I was like, I need something to watch. And I wanted to hear Chris Ballard, you know, quote unquote, defend himself and the decisions he made last year with going after Carson Wentz. Now I'm going to say, I'm going to ask you this. When they let Carson go, do you think they should have fired Frank Wright too? Because he was the one who really wanted Carson here. He begged and begged and begged. And you saw what happened. Do you think that he should have been, you know, replaced as well? Or, or is it a matter of it was definitely the quarterback's fault? They do love Frank Wright, and they're going to give him one more chance. I stand on the side of this. If you fire Frank, who do you go to? Who would you go to? That's true. But who are you going to go out there and get? Like that's the that's the part of the equation that everyone I think seems to forget about. Like, oh, let's let's fire this guy. Let's get rid of him. Right? Who are we going to go get? Like yeah. who's out there that we can get, go get that's, you know, like an up and coming coach or who's going to be able to step in right away and take over a team that has the ability to make the playoffs and has a well-rounded roster already. Like, yeah, I was going to say that. Bellamy out of, uh, out of Kansas city, but that's just my opinion. I would, I mean, I could see that, but here's the thing. Nobody, nobody's taking a chance on him. Like he's been There's there gotta for be a reason. years. Yeah. He's been there for years and nobody's taking a chance. There's gotta be a reason why. Right. Uh, so, but I think, I think they made the right decision by keeping Frank because when, as a head coach, you have to be able to connect to your players. I think Frank does a tremendous job of connecting to his players. Um, and I think the addition of John Fox will, will be a little underrated that people haven't really talked about much because he can oversee more of the defensive side of the football now that Matt Eberflus is gone. Uh, that, because let's face it, I mean, Frank Reich is the OC and the head coach. He's calling all the offensive plays, so it's a little harder for him uh, this season, especially with another quarterback that he has to, you know, acclimate to the system. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think I don't think getting rid of Frank would have been the right move. Um, yeah. But it's cer- certainly I can see why people would ask for it. Um, but now if they don't make the postseason this year, I think, uh, I think everyone's on the hot seat except oh, yeah. Ballard. Oh, yeah. Everyone besides Ballard is on the hot seat. Now we're going to, um, to wrap up this episode, we're going to do five rapid questions and now it's just going to be a, it's going to be a high or low. So high probability, low probability. I'm going to give you five different questions. I'm going to ask you both to answer. Okay. So I'm going to start with Cam. You're going to go first. Just give me high or low. What's the probability that Stefan Gilmore has more than four interceptions next year? I know it's a lot to ask. It's a lot low. to ask. I'm going to go low. low. You think, okay, low. So you're saying less than four. Yeah. I Okay. Yeah. I assume you don't want me to explain. Just 
Yeah, no, I, I, it's just simple. Yeah, just simple high or low. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go low. Do you think he gets four that. or you think he gets higher than four? I'm going to go lower than four. I was in the low category as well. Okay, awesome. So next, we're going to talk about another addition, uh, another player that's been added to this team, Ngakwe. I've been a huge fan of him. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe is now on that defensive line with DeForest Buckner, Kawhi Pay. Higher low, or in, 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 I guess higher low, this team is going to have more than twenty sacks. I'm talking about the whole defensive line. Well, well we won't say twenty. We'll say at least fifteen. High or low, do you think they have more than 15 sacks next year with this defensive line? High. Oh, it's definitely – I mean, yeah, high. So, okay, so I guess just to follow up real quick because we do have a little bit of time, how many sacks do you think the Colts will have? Give me your uh, over-under, and I'll start with you, uh, Cam. Give me your over-under for how many sacks next year. Um, I'm not sure how much they had last year. That's a difficult number because I think that it's going to be a team. Um, they had definitely 33 be, last year. They had 33, 33 last year. Okay, so higher. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say they're gonna get upwards 35, 30, oh, a little bit over 35. I, I can very well see that. Um, with with the line that they have now, especially with the depth that they have, not in, you know, not including the starters. I mean. There's some good, they just signed if um, what the Fetty, uh, what's his name too, as a, as a defensive end, as a, mm-hmm. just a, just a depth guy. So you're saying over 35 for you. I think 35 is a good number. Yeah. Okay. You Ed, what are you thinking, bro? I got him at 40, 40 sacks. Wow. Okay. Uh, Ngakwe has had 10 plus in every season of his career. I Quiddy pay is going to take another step. Like he was getting a ton of pressures last year. And you know, when you add a guy on the other end, it's going to create a lot of one-on-one matchups for Quiddy Pay. Yep. Um, so Quiddy can have a lot of one-on-ones, and then you've got DeForest Buckner in the middle. And I think the improvement in the secondary was Stefan Gilmore, Brandon Faison, and then I, I personally really like Isaiah Rogers. I think, yeah, too. I oh, think yeah. Rogers is going to be really good. Plus, you're getting uh, Julian Blackman back. So your your coverage in the second in the secondary will improve, and when that happens, it allows your pass rushers a little more time to get to the quarterback. Um, so I think, I think there's a realistic shot that they could be pushing 40 sacks. That's, that's also why I, um, just to highlight, that's why I went the low on your Gilmore question was because mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think they're going to get to the quarterback this year fast at a faster pace than they did last year. No, and, and, and I'm I hoping think, so. I'm hoping so. That was the big thing the Colts didn't have. I mean, you go back to that game against um, the Raiders. I mean, they were getting the Raiders were getting so much pressure, and Gakwe was making it horrible for Wentz. So, no, yeah, I, I think you're right, Cam. I mean, this year, I'm a, you know a lot of Colts aren't expecting them to get after the ball, um, but yeah, that kind of leads me to my next high-low probability. Colts have a top five defense next year, statistically. Hi, hi, yeah, okay, hi, definitely. I, I like that. I yeah. like that. Now, um, my the fourth one because we got two more left. Fourth one, a high probability, low probability. Matt Ryan throws over 35 touchdowns next year. Oh. I'm I'm gonna <sighs> that's a tough one. And the last two I'm gonna last two I'm gonna give you guys are hard. It's gonna be pretty difficult. This was 27 and seven. Yeah. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go low, but he's 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 gonna be right there. He's gonna be he's gonna be very so you close. You think he at least touches 30? I th- I think he touches 30. 
but they're still going to use Jonathan Taylor in the red zone like they were oh, like yeah, they of course. last year, especially when they get inside the 10. Now, I hope we don't have three straight runs mm-hmm. that end up in nothing, obviously. But the red, the red zone will be different this year. I will say that. So I don't, I don't expect, you know, Jonathan Taylor all the time, but I don't think he reaches that. He's going to be close to 35, but I'm going to go you, Ed? I'm going to say low. Low? Okay. Even with Philip Rivers, Rivers only had 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I still think they feed JT when they get inside. So I'm going to go with the lower side of this. Okay. Would you would um I don't um would you say though that the the wide receivers now are better than what Philip had here? Uh, uh yeah, certainly. Agree. And that's actually kind of what, and that's I actually think, funny you bring yeah. up receivers because that's my last question. High low probability that we see the reunion. You guys know what I'm about to say. The reunion of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. The only reason why I say that is because the Colts have been on record saying they still want to have a veteran in that wide receiver group. They are not 100% certain or sold on bringing back T.Y., which as a Colts fan would suck. But at the same time, he has done what he has done here. I don't think there's much more that he can really do. If I had to pick, I wouldn't mind somebody like an Odell or a Julio Jones. But we're going to focus specifically on the reunion of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Higher low probability. There's still plenty of time that it could happen. Julio is still out there sitting at home. High low probability. Ed, what's what do you think of that reunion? You think it happens or no? Minuscule probability. That's the word I'll use. I think it's lower than low because um, you would have seen the move by now. I think if there would be interest um, to add him on the veteran side of things, and it's not. I don't think it's the talent of what Julio Jones is now. It's more of the injury. Like you can say the same for T.Y. But if you're Julio Jones, you're probably going to be asking to be playing a lot more of the snaps than what Frank Reich and Marcus Brady and Reggie Wayne are going to, you know, give you like percentage wise. Mm -hmm. That's why I I still think T.Y. is a possibility uh, because of the familiarity with the offense. Um, You need somebody who has that understanding because if they haven't added another veteran receiver by training camp, which is the end of next month, uh, then I would say that the chances of them adding somebody are very, very slim. What about you, Cam? I, I wholeheartedly agree that uh, there's. I think it's very low. I um, I do. Yeah, the the whole injury factor, just like seeing him, just not come out on the pretty much not come out at all during like come in during the game at all. It seemed like, I feel like I rarely saw him in the two games they played against the Colts. Um, let alone any other time. But uh, I think that if they would have done it, they would have done it after mandatory mini camp. I think they're they're, they're They've been evaluating what they have and the, the OTAs and mandatory mini camp this whole time. I think that they've had a close eye, a keen eye, and in terms of bringing in a veteran wide receiver, you could say that they already did that. You could say yeah, that the coach that they brought in mm-hmm. is the veteran wide receiver that they were looking for, and and that's what they got. And heck, the the videos I've already seen about him during just him during camp was 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 awesome to see. He seemed ecstatic to be there and um, very energized to say the least for those guys. And I think you I think you have enough now in terms of across the board that even if one of those guys got hurt. Um, I think they like what they have in yeah, terms no, of I in agree. terms of and 
I would say the four guys, there's four guys I think they really like. And this is Doolin. I still think they're believing in Paris. Obviously, Pittman. Patman's slowly moving into that, I think. I uh, from I what I've Pierce heard, is gonna jump, I've I think seen. Pierce is going to jump those two. I mean, and that's what but I'm I think say Pierce. Would, I think Pierce will be the one to jump. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because we got a minute here, so just real quick, this is going to be a bonus question. High low, uh, Pierce gets over seven seven hundred yards receiving and at least four touchdowns. High or low? I'd say low on the yards, high on the touchdowns. Okay, I would yeah. say the same. Um, I would say the same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been hearing a lot of. I'd say the person who I think could surprise you on the touchdowns is going to be Jelani Woods, but that uh, is is for yet to be seen at at the moment. Definitely. But no, I was just going to say, I'm excited about what the Colts have done this year. But I just want to go ahead and say thank you to you two for joining me. Um, Guys, I miss doing this show, bro. We had a lot of fun doing after the whistle. Um, I'm really proud of you guys, everything you guys are doing out there. Um, and, and, and who's, who knows, man, maybe midway through the season, we can do another reunion episode to kind of catch up on how the Colts are doing maybe later on this fall. So, um, thanks for joining me, you guys. And you, like I said, let's do this again. Thanks, man. Thank you. No problem. Y'all once again, thank you, Eddie and camera for joining us here on kicking back with Hersh and Aaron. I really hope that you all enjoyed that after the whistle reunion episode. I know I had a lot of fun doing it and it was really good catching up with my guys and don't worry next week. We'll be going back to our regularly scheduled program. Aaron will be back and we'll have a lot more for you all. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Don't forget. You can catch up on all the episodes on SoundCloud or go on to Apple podcasts. You can catch all of them there too. Thanks for hanging out with me this week. And in the words of Aaron, if you can't be the best you can be today, Don't worry, we'll try again tomorrow. Adios, amigos.